Cougs House. The Houston Cougars are now officially independent of the American Conference and into the new expanded Big 12. Let's celebrate. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Cougs, the daily podcast all about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrew, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater, stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can get the on Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. We are approaching that 59 subscriber mark. Remember, giving something away every 250 subscribers on YouTube. So subscribe, help us get there. Comment and like the video so let us know that you are entered in said contest. If, after, you know, watching this video and talking about the Big 12, you're not sure what to say or what to talk about, uh, tell us down below what you like to do for your favorite 4th of July celebration. We always went to Rockport as a kid, uh, just on down the coast a little ways. Um, I hadn't been there oh, a while, I guess, but that was always what we did as a kid. Barbecued. Um, I Barbecued or hot dog, hot dog, hamburger, grilled, either way. Um, anyway, tell us down below what you did. So today's episode is all about the Big 12. We're going to talk first about the celebration. Cheersing to the Big 12. Cheers, because that's what we did. Um, next, we'll talk about, I'm going to try and rapid fire through 12 questions, 12 Big 12, 12 questions, um, heading into the Big 12 in a rapid fire spark notes kind of thing. So if any of these questions you want to elaborate on, obviously you can find me on Twitter at Pains with 512 or wherever. I guess if Twitter goes away, you can find me anywhere at Pains with 512 or you can comment down below and tell us which question you want to expand in, in a later episode. We may get that done later in July. Um, all right. So let's talk about that toast. The toast, if you missed it, was uh, at 11.40. It was supposed to be 45, but I guess it was really ended up being like 47 or 48, um, right before the clock flipped over from June 30th to July 1st um, to celebrate the start of the new 2023-24 athletic and academic calendar, which means that Houston is in the Big 12. They did a whole YouTube presentation. Chris Pesman ran a uh, uh, an a a AD Pesman, I should say, um, ran a zoom and it went on the YouTube channel through the UH content solutions. Um, as a live stream, that was not super intuitive. If you, if you don't follow those kind of things frequently, it might not have been super intuitive, but that's where they streamed it. Uh, Dr. Couture spoke. They had a clip of video from, uh, Holgerson, uh, head football coach, Dana Holgerson, um, and, and, uh, Kelvin Sampson head basketball coach. Uh, they play a little, uh, get hype video, they cheers. They, I mean, Pesman had champagne to cheers. Uh, and then they showed off the new football operations building. Uh, the football building does look nice and sleek in the pictures. Um, I'm not sure why it, this toast thing came about. It felt like some of the recorded bits, um, like Coach Sampson and Holgerson talking, were actually probably more meant to go off on the morning of the 1st. Across social media, if you're paying attention on all the individual athletic channels, each sport pushed some video the morning of the first. Kind of felt more like that's when that video of um, Holgerson and Sampson together might have actually been supposed to go off. But because of this thing all kind of coming somewhat last minute off on the night of the 30th, 
that's when that went go. I will say that Couture was live talking, Dr. Couture, president of the university, and um, she stayed up all the way till midnight to, to be a part of it, right? Um, and for what it's worth, Dr. Couture is very much like pushing, investing in athletics, she has said and done the right things in her time in charge. Um, and frankly, had a pretty, I thought, pretty funny video that went off on the first about like, what day is it? Because it's mimicking that old like uh, hump day commercial, right? The camel hump day, whatever. Um, anyways, funny, funny, funny. Um, I will say that there's a couple things that like I thought could have gone better about the, the transition night. First of all, the idea of a video and a toast um, over a zoom call got streamed on YouTube. Again, it felt a little bit like, ah, we need to do something kind of last minute when a bunch of other universities that are also in the same thing did very um, more involved or elaborate things. Um, and then the hype video, this is me being persnickety and liking Houston rap a lot. Um, the Jay-Z song behind it with reintroduce myself, my name's oh, da, 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 da. that was all timely and, and well put in a good clip and, and audio. But I feel like there's Houston rap that like would have pushed like this is Houston. I, I don't know. Like, it felt like it missed the mark a little bit. Like I, that's just not what I would have done on that. Um, Jay-Z is an incredible rapper. I'm going to say it shouldn't be. It's just in pushing this is Houston. We are Houston like that. That just would have been more where I go. And I think that part of my dismay and like underwhelmed feeling about the event that night being a starts late 15 minutes on a zoom call kind of event is that several other schools did much bigger things, central Florida and Orlando. So first of all, they did each time zones like central Florida and Cincinnati went first. They're in the Eastern time zone, central Florida. Uh, they dropped the two and a half minute video as well. They unveiled new uniforms for the football program uh, Mayor of Orlando did a speech as well. They had a whole uh, like carnival thing there in Orlando with the Ferris wheel color changing for each Big 12 team. And, um, you know, that was a cool, like, welcome us into the Big 12 to Baylor and then to Cincinnati. They did all the schools, right? All 13 other schools. Um, they also sold Big 12 flags throughout the week at the school bookstore and then had like a uh, caption photo contest with those Big 12 flags. Um, just kind of a way to get people involved and also build, build some money, finances, and pulling that kind of stuff in. Cincinnati did the same kind of thing with the three-minute video dropped at midnight uh, Eastern time, but a large celebration uh, downtown Cincinnati at the Rheingeist Brewery. Um, first of all, I actually have been to that brewery in Cincinnati. We're at a wedding in Cincinnati and got stopped by there during the day one day. Um, cool spot. But also, uh, what, I, what I will say is they filled up that brewery while Taylor Swift was in town that night, right? So like they clearly had some way to pull in people and build an excitement in downtown Cincinnati. Um, obviously then at midnight central time, Houston went off and, and did their 15 minutes on YouTube and it went fun. It was a good time. Um, and then you got to midnight mountain time uh, where Utah or state of Utah and BYU. Uh, and they had a giant on-campus party in Provo. Uh, they had a, because it's a fairly national school because the religious element, they had a billboard countdown in Times Square. Uh, they streamed the party and all the festivities as they were going on across all their social media platforms. Like you'd watch it there on Twitter, you'd watch it on Facebook, et cetera. Um, and then they did, uh, you know, they did a whole bunch of big 12 giveaways throughout the week. Like if you spent $112 with the 12 being key there at the bookstore, you got a free box of big 12 BYU swag. Like, there was a, just a bunch bigger buildup. And I think that 
each of those things feeling much bigger. No, I mean, you may be sitting there commenting down below, like, oh, Ainsworth's getting off on this thing again. It's not that big a deal, blah, 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 blah. And that's totally fine. But I think the reason I'm underwhelmed is not because Houston did things that didn't go well or according to plan or whatever. I guess, you know, like I said, it was two minutes late and I would have changed the song they picked or whatever. But, like, that's not horrible. But by comparison, it did feel smaller than what the other schools did. And, I, you know, these schools aren't, necessarily like collaborating on what they're doing to get into this conference and how they're doing it. Right. And so like, I think that that's worth mentioning is that, um, you know, Houston is putting a lot of money and effort into this new football building. And the, the highlight of the night was seeing what that's going to look like, seeing the, the mock-ups of that um, and the images that, you know, Duarte posted a, did an article for the Houston Chronicle about it too, but um, it, it, it looks really cool, but that's clearly where the focus is not on this, like, let's get hyped to get in, which, you know, just felt like a moment that other schools got into and we didn't necessarily. Um, now there are a lot of other things to get excited about in the big 12. And I got my big 12 hat on shout out to Will and Waller. Um, I don't think Houston Oaks is actually in Waller. I think it's almost in Waller, but um, the big 12 played their match play tournament in like 2022 or 2021 there. And I was like texting people. I need some swag. I need some swag. I need something with big 12 on it. And he had this hat that he sent me Um from when the Big 12 played their match play tournament there. And actually it works pretty well. Like you can't quite read that as a golf app, but it, it's got the big Big 12 on it. So chest to Will and Waller. Um, anyway, we've got lots of things from the Big 12 to talk about. Um, and we'll have a lot more to talk about throughout the next, hopefully a long, long and successful time in the Big 12, right? But I want to try and spark note through 12 questions in the second and third segments, um, split up amongst a couple different sports in the Big 12. But first, we have to talk some about our buddies at FanDuel. Now, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. It's number, America's number one sports book uh, because you can do uh, these awesome no sweat first bets. You can take your first swing at betting on MLB and get 10 times your first bet about back in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 back in bonus bets. Uh, win or lose. It's $200 you can spend on everything from money line to the over under. Who thinks going to win? Hit the first home run, etc. On an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. I'm telling you right now, they've got our Astros, which I watch next. I have locked on that side. Watch next. I got locked on Astros as what you'd be watching next. Go to click that out. They're doing a great job on a fun season, an interesting season, and an up and down season, to say the least. Um, the Astros are at plus 1,000 to win the World Series, tied with those Texas Rangers that they just pulled three out of four on in Arlington. I think we should probably put some money in the Astros, folks. If the Arlington Rangers are the next, you know, closest competition, they do have the Tampa Rays there at plus four twenty, Atlanta Braves at plus three sixty, and the LA Dodgers at plus four eighty. I'm thinking that plus a thousand on the Astros is really good money, and I'm telling you, you should go do it at Fanduel. So go visit Fanduel.com/slash locked on to get a two hundred dollars back in bonus bets. That's Fanduel.com/slash locked on. Fanduel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, so I think that I don't really know what the best way to go about this would be, but we're going to start with 12 questions about um, 
about the Big 12 and about looking forward to the Big 12. And I want to start in football first. So the first question is, can this football team make a bowl game playing in the Big 12? I think yes. Um, I look at their schedule and say they need to win the three non-conference games. Watch is chiming in. Um, I think they need to win their three non-conference games. I know UTSA is not some punk Right, they took us to have triple overtime last year. Right, like, like that's a that's a good football program and a building football program. But if you're going to be a Big Twelve team, you need to be able to knock off those non-cons. That's uh, SMU. That's a that's Sam Houston State. SHU, all right, Sam Houston State. That's Rice, and that is UTSA. I also think they knock off West Virginia and Oklahoma State. I will preview Oklahoma State actually in a few days. Um, that is already up to five wins if you win all five of those games. And then I think they are competitive with Tech, depending on – I mean, some people really think the quarterback may turn the situation around at Texas Tech, but I imagine that's actually a much more competitive game. And then you also get Cincinnati and Central Florida, both American Athletic Conference teams moving into the Big 12. That's like-sized competition in a lot of ways. I would imagine if you can pull off one or two of those three, Cincinnati, Central Florida, and Texas Tech – then suddenly you're looking at six, seven wins. That is bowl eligible. I do think this team can and should be in running right there for a bowl game at the very, very least. The second question is what bowl game would be realistic? I had to go check out what kind of bowl games the Big 12 gets into. You have obviously the college football playoff if you win the conference and go and feed in those kinds of things. Texas, uh, Texas Christian actually, I guess, didn't technically win the conference last year, they lost the conference title game, but still made the college football playoff. Um, so you could, I guess, theoretically go all the way through and get the college football playoff. That's the ultimate goal. And frankly, would be, as this program builds, an expectation at a later date. But if they get there next year, I'm not complaining. Um, the next highest ranked Big 12 team would be going to the Alamo Bowl and playing a Pac-12 team. The next highest Big 12 team would be going to the Texas Bowl playing an SEC team that could feel like a home game in a lot of ways. So that's not awful. The Cheez-It Pop-Tart Bowl would be the fourth placed Big 12 team that is bowl eligible playing an ACC team. And I think that that's kind of, I guess there are 14 teams in conference next year. So there might be five and six and there are a handful of other bowls, but that Texas Cheez-It Bowl could, that area could be interesting to see Houston in again, Texas Bowl against an SEC team, depending on what SEC team it is, could feel a lot like a home game. Then if you got to play, Texas in October and the Aggies are somebody in that Texas bowl in December, January, all of a sudden you're looking at a really, really fun year for the fans. I think that, you know, that that's kind of where you could see potentially shake out if they get to that six, seven, win mark. Um, last year, the Big 12 did not have a whole lot of bowl eligible teams. They kind of all beat each other up. They had a lot of five win teams, six win teams as so they're all kind of right there in the middle. Um, so anyway, that's what I would look at there. What are must-win games in this Big 12 conference schedule? Well, first of all, I'd say that, again, the non-conference games are also must-wins. If you're going to be a Big 12 fo- excuse me, football team, you need to be able to beat that level of competition fairly convincingly. UTSA, obviously, is very strong uh, and may be a Power 5 team when we redo this whole thing up in 2020 and 2031. But for the time being, you've got to be able to take care of business there. Again, I mentioned West Virginia. I think that's a must-win because they're on a down year. And frankly, you bring them to campus. That's a home game on a Thursday night coming off a of bye week. That's a game you got to win. Um, Oklahoma State, I think, is also having a down year. Uh, they lost a quarterback to Ole Miss. Like, like, I think that's a must-win game. Uh, it's the final home game of the season, not mistaken. Off the top of my head, I believe that's the final home game of the season. That's a must-win game for Houston. Um, and then I think you got to beat one of Cincinnati and Central Florida. 
you got to um, to prove that you're not like the bottom of the barrel newcomer. We don't play BYU, but I throw them in that as well. You got to beat, I'd say two of the three, but you got to be one of the two you get to play. Um, and then unless the Texas Tech quarterback thing works out like they think it could up there in Lubbock, I, I think that's a must win too. Uh, that could be a shootout game for sure, but you got to imagine Donovan Smith and and the stuff coming off, you know, him coming back to Tech or him playing against Tech again um, could be big time. But also there's some Dana Holgerson stuff there with Tech. We all think about him as a West Virginia guy, but it, obviously the Tech stuff further back in his resume also, you know, builds that up some um so i look at those as must wins i don't necessarily see and this is maybe where we disagree tcu and texas as being must wins but i do think they're games you must look competent and competitive in right and frankly being competent and competitive against a team that was in the college football playoff last year or a team headed to the sec next year that people project in the conference i don't think texas won the conference but people are projecting it right being competitive and competent and potentially upsetting one or both of those two teams would go so far for this program and their first year in the Big 12 because those two teams, if you look at their rosters, make a living running through the city of Houston surrounding areas on recruits, right? And so suddenly, if you can show to all of those kids that are uncommitted or only softly committed in 2024, like, hey, we're knocking those dudes off. We're coming for it. Or, or we're, you know, we're close enough right now. If we bring you like, I think it's a big, big step up for the direction of the program further. I guess this applies. It to, it's the only time we get to play Texas unless we potentially see them in a bowl game down the road. Right. And so I think that's one that like, if I had to pick one of those two to be an upset, it's obviously Texas. The rivalries there from 30 years ago, Southwest conference days. It's also the only time we get to see it where like if TCU, we play competitive and lose, We'll see him again in a year. I don't get to do that with Texas. So I got to beat Texas if I'm picking out which one. Um, not a must win in the grand scheme of things as far as like holistically and all that kind of things, but it is a game they must look competent in. They must look strong in and compete in. I think they got the pieces to do it. Well, I've been previewing that a lot. We got one like early, early on preview with Jonathan Davis a couple uh, episodes back, but we'll be doing that a lot more to get towards October 21st. Big, big game there questions about the operations building at a couple of these, but one question about the operations building, um, it just like describing it. The pictures are online. Uh, Duarte, like I mentioned, wrote a great article, the Houston Chronicle about it, outlining it, but it's got this futuristic look on the outside. Uh, it's connected to one end zone. It's got a weight room and offices. There's a big grand scare- staircase in the middle of uh, state of the art. Um, I will say that it does feel like when you look at, I mentioned Texas a second ago, or when you mention Oklahoma or all the, uh, the Boonty Pickens money at uh, Oklahoma state or these other big t- programs, even Baylor has a bunch of money influxed um, and that they have built a new stadium in the last decade. It feels like um, all of those programs have buildings like this. This is a Houston catching up kind of move, but it does look on par with all of those universities. And so I'd say it's, it's a, uh, it's going to be a state-of-the-art building. The weight room is stuff being connected to the field and all the offices and all, all those kinds of things being put on top of one another too. Hopefully offer some interconnectedness um, so that, you know, interconnected in the sense that like everything's happening in one place, one hub. There's some, you know, vibrant energy there, right? That's the goal. Um, I would say that that's a good, good move for the program. I'm pleased with it. Tell me down below if you're not. I guess I'm pleased with the images we got out of it. Um, 2024s, 2024 recruits. Um, I'd say at this point we're in what's called, I'd call a holding pattern. I will talk more with Brian later this week, actually, uh, if any more guys commit. We had a handful, like a string of them right before the Big 12 move. 
Um, not a whole lot happens in July. July is a little bit different than June. Um, but I will say one thing to pay attention to in, in uh, the fall as we get there is there are kids in the 2024 class um, without betraying any comp. There are kids that are waiting to see what Houston looks like in the Big 12, right? And if Houston looks competent against TCU and Texas, you could have a bunch of kids sign right away or commit to sign right away, I should say, because they're trying to make sure that, like, look, I want to stay home or I want to stay close to home or whatever. But you have to, like, make sure that you look like a program that that's going to be worth my while. I Again, I say competent because they've got kids that feel like, like, if you look competent, I can show up and push just over the edge. They've got those kind of kids theoretically offered. They're definitely offered, but theoretically they could come. And so I think that's a big, big move. Um, but on the 2024s, I wonder if we're going to be in this holding pattern for a little while until we see some Big 12 football games happen. Now, in the third segment, I talked some about basketball and a few other sports. Uh, yeah, so let's just jump on in. Um, so in the third segment, I talked about basketball. Um, start off with people asking about this August trip. The international trip um, looks like they are heading to Australia to play some uh, out-of-the-country, off-season type games. Um, they do this kind of trip every couple of years that is not uncommon for power five programs by any stretch you see sec teams in like italy and uh germany and france and traveling europe um there have been other big 12 teams that have gone to south america uh, i've seen uh, kansas did a trek through southeast asia at one point right like this is not uncommon because it's a, a team bonding thing to get away. You get some practice time. You get some high-level competition against these pro teams in other places. Houston's going to be playing these Australian teams um, in August. And it looks like those games may be streamed. Um, it's looking like that maybe through the same UH Content Solutions YouTube channel. I will say what's interesting about that. Um, well, anyway, what's interesting about that will be, uh, that'll be our first look at what the potential starting lineups kind of things will be. Um, uh, if you have not looked up guys like LJ Cryer um, transferring in or even the freshman like JoJo Tugler, like they, they got some kids that are coming in that can play. And so go make sure you go check those guys out before because they will jump off the screen and make you feel like, how did I not know this guy was here? Um, I will say I'm excited about those. <laughs> if you've been following the show, you know I'm a new dad, and that means I'm not sleeping a whole lot at night. And so games coming on in the middle of the night could be a nice thing for me to sit and watch. Um, I'm excited about those, though. And obviously, this is a fun basketball season. We talk about football season until the football season's over. But Big 12 basketball is a fun thing for you to be a part of. I'm excited about watching it this winter time. Um, the second basketball question is how big is not big enough? Everyone that starts maybe under six foot nine. Now I, I see this and I think, huh, like if I'm playing Kansas and Hunter Dickinson, I kind of get where people are coming from. Although I would point out that Kansas did pretty darn well last season starting KJ Adams at center at six foot seven, right? There's a way to play in college basketball to get away with that. Um, and so like, while it's, you know, things got to literally bounce your way sometimes uh, in the, in March madness, as far as matchups and stuff like that go, it's not impossible to be dominant in this conference as Kansas was just a year ago with a shorter starting lineup and involves putting ball pressure on. We know Jamal shed can do that. We know Terrence Arsenal can do that. We know Jawan Roberts can do that. Right. It also, for its worth, involves shooting the ball very well. We know that LJ Cryer can do that. We know Emmanuel Sharp can do that. We know sp sporadically last season that Terrence Arsenal could also do that, right? Like Damian Dunn can do that. We got guys who can do all those different things. I think that even though they don't have a lot of guys over, I mean, they don't have any guy that's over seven feet tall, right? Like, like 
They don't have the height. They got long wingspans. They've got a great defensive-minded coach. And buy it if you, I guess you don't have to. But the Houston culture defensively, I think, does tie in and play a role here that I would think does wonders for making up for some of that. I also expect a big jump out of Javier Francis. Um, Coach Kellen Sampson works with big guys. He does wonders with big fellas. I think it would be a big big jump there um who are we looking forward to playing the most now i will say the big 12 schedule i guess is not officially out um but we do know that we'll be playing xavier in the big 12 biggest battle um that's a fun one now would it be fun to play uconn i guess but they were american athletic conference team for a minute so i guess it's kind of nice to play someone different um xavier is xavier i guess they'd correct me is a really talented major program in the past that's moved up and continue to grow um they're, they're going to be a fun matchup. That's going to be a fun, fun matchup. Uh, they put out a pro over a couple of years at least. A um, couple of Mar- deep March Madness runs in the last 15 years. That's a fun program to run into. Texas A&M and Toyota Center, though, is the one that takes a cake for me as far as non-conference. Uh, it's been a while, so we got to play someone like that in a rivalry type game. Going to play them in the Toyota Center is going to be a fun day. Trust me, buy tickets now. It's technically a neutral site game, but it's at the Toyota Center. It's going to be fun. It's in December, I believe. Go. Get tickets, go. Thank me later. Um, rumor has it that I guess uh, Virginia Commonwealth, VCU, which is like a top end mid major, uh, would be playing Houston as well. Um, that's a good thing for Houston's good tune up. Um, but the biggest thing about this is just like the home and homes in conference. Kansas, Texas, and Baylor are three of the top teams in the country every year, or at least in the last 10 years. And uh, Kansas and been longer than that and uh, baylor i guess has been really top top in the last 10 years and texas is all the reasons to be there even, even when they're not right so i would say that those are three home and homes you gotta be ready for um those are fun 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 basketball games um baylor there's some revenge element for lj crier right he just transferred from there and from 2021 houston goes to the final four and loses to baylor uh in the final four those are fun fun games um Texas, the Old Southwest Conference rivalry, and then Kansas has won either the regular season or conference tournament every year for like the last 20 years or something, right? And so that's a good litmus test for how will Houston fare in the Big 12 in their first season. Hunter Dickinson transferred there, right? That's a big power program. They always have a bunch of guys um, getting pro looks. That's, that's a fun one. So that'll be a fun one for sure. Um, and then the last basketball question, a Another recruiting question, but 2024s, what have you heard? Um, the current 2024 committed, loan 2024 committed, is Mercy Miller, son of Percy Miller. Yes, that is one Master P. But Mercy is a four-star kid out of California, um, top 100 nationally, 6'4 shooting guard, crazy athletic. Um, he's in the history of Houston Cougar basketball since they've done recruit rankings, which again would have been in the early nineties. He'd be a top 10 recruit to ever come to the university of Houston, um, which I should mention that a lot of the guys that currently on the roster are as well. But if I look at mercy, I think that it's interesting because he addresses a guard need. Um, you imagine that LJ Cryer probably goes pro next summer. Jamal shed spending his last year of eligibility next year. I believe if I count right on that one, um, so, yes, Arsenal would be growing up some if he doesn't go pro. Uh, same with Manuel Sharp. Damian Dunn, I guess, technically has one year left of eligibility after that. But Mercy could step up and play right away. Um, he and Cordell Jefferson, De- Jefferson being a freshman this upcoming season, would be a tremendous backcourt for the Cougs, both combo-type shooting guard-type uh, guys. Um, 
so, you know, you might want to have a point guard on the floor with them, but man, that's some length, some fun, some athleticism, and really, really competitive basketball players, like hyper, hyper competitive basketball players. So I like the way that looks a lot. They've got a lot of offers in the top end of the 2024 class across the country. I'm still waiting to see some commits. What I bet you start to see happen is, much like the football program, once you see Houston in basketball season and see that they fit in very well, you can see some big 12 top-end caliber guys come in. But I think the biggest thing is, is that Samson, Samson and company have earned the right for us to believe them when they say that they're looking for Houston caliber guys and Houston culture fit guys. And so that's, I'm going to do too, right? If they're offering a three-star guy when I'm like, why aren't you offering this four-star guy? And they say, this is a Houston Cougar. I trust them, right? They've earned that with their success on the floor. And so I'm going to trust that as well. Um, I think that also is why I'm so confident about having guys that are six, nine and shorter. Um, Last couple questions here about other sports. The most successful non-revenue sport in the Big 12 will be? My choice would probably be volleyball or track. Um, last year, volleyball went 30-4, and 14-0 at home. They lost in the Sweet 16. Um, volleyball, I guess I have a second volleyball question in a second, so I'll get to them more in a moment. But track has head coach Carl Lewis. They pulled in some new assistants. The men finished 14th nationally. On the women's side, uh, Townsend was an All-American. I think Townsend, right? Was an All-American in the uh, 400 hurdles. And so, like, I think both of those programs, I guess all three, because men's and women's track, are set to be talented in the Big 12. Um, I would also point out that, like, when TCU signed on to join the Big 12, or West Virginia signed on to join the Big 12 yeah, 12 years ago, whatever that's been, um, they were pretty much just joining for football and basketball. The rest of their programs were not as strong. Now you have TCU baseball, right, going very far in the College World Series and things like that. And so I I would be – if you're like, oh, man, like we're going to be bad at everything else. And I think some people online are. Give it time. Let the money flow in. The Big 12 money flows in and it starts getting distributed evenly across the board. And suddenly you see those programs elevate some in a way. Um, but as far as immediate ready, I'd put either track or volleyball. The other question was volleyball predictions. Uh, Kate Trujadis, um um, she returned. She's an All-American honorable mention last year as a junior. Um, she's on the Team USA all-collegiate team um, representing the United States of America. She was uh, the libero of the year in the American Athletic Conference, All-American Athletic Conference first team. She comes back and kind of leads the way on that volleyball program that a couple of big-time transfers and recruits come in. If you want to hear more about volleyball, actually, I guess comment down below. We'll do a volleyball episode previewing it because they do have some talent on that roster. Um Fun, fun program to watch too. And obviously, the big uh, Kate has had the big vi- viral clip last year. She like dove over a table to save a ball in the NCAA tournament. Um, she's back, uh, and that, that's big time. Uh, Coach Rare was he's also Rare He's also returning. Um, he was the Southeast Region Coach of the Year. Um, that's good news to the Cougs as well. So I, I think that they're set up very well. Um, they won't be thirty and four, right? Uh, Texas is strong. Uh, TCU and Baylor, like Big 12 volleyball is just like other things, it's a step up, but they could also be a Sweet 16 team again, even if they're 25 and 9, right? Like that, they don't have to be 30 and 4 to be a Sweet 16 team like they kind of did in the American Athletic Conference. Um, last question, I think there's actually 13 if we're, if we're keeping track here, but we'll call it a bonus question and not baseball predictions. Baseball predictions for next season in the Big 12. I will say this much. I was pleasantly surprised by how American Athletic Conference play went for Houston last year. 
Um, I thought they played their butts off in the conference play. And I think that given the injuries and the card they were dealt, um, they did very, very well. When I look at them moving forward, uh, the thing I'll say is that they can't start that slow. And then you have more depth because uh, I know it was multiple pitching injuries, but truthfully, um, transfers like Justin Murray saved the season last year. Right. And so like the idea of like that happened, like we're going to just put all our eggs in that basket again, won't work in big 12 play. Um, Obviously, they knocked off a very talented East Carolina team at the start of American Athletic Conference play. And obviously, they won every conference series and that had never been done before by the Houston Cougars. That's awesome. And admittedly, you don't have to win the Big 12 to get to go to the tournament and work your way down the College World Series like you kind of almost have to if you're in the American Athletic Conference. However, you're going to add up a lot more losses because – the talent, I, I, I just don't see this team. I hope I'm wrong. How about, I hope I'm wrong. I don't see the baseball team winning every one of their conference series in the first year of the Big 12. Really, really talented baseball conference. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, I, I would call the Big 12 the second best baseball conference in all of college baseball. Um, the SEC, I guess, has had a team in the final two um for like the last decade or something like that so i guess technically it's the sec is the best but um i i would point out that those teams are typically playing a big 12 team um i don't know i i just i think that's a big step up and that houston kind of you know was over the skis a little bit last year and uh, i imagine there's some comeback down to earth um i do think you now the extension of coach whitting at least tells us that pesman thinks he can be the guy um they changed pitching coaches so maybe that they think something had there was some underlying thing there with injuries or, or what have you, but on the whole, I'm a lot less optimistic about that than I am, say, volleyball, track. I think basketball, I think there's a real chance that they make some real noise in the conference right away. And then football, I think we're more ready than people are are giving us credit for. So I don't mean to sound like a downer and end this on a downer, but that's that's the last question I got here. And that's that's where I'm at on Big 12 baseball uh, for the Cougs. Hope I'm wrong sincerely enthusiastically hope i'm wrong there if you got other questions didn't like your any of my answers didn't think i had your question answered or want to expand on one of those tell me in the comments down below uh thank you all so much for listening to locked on cougs today you can find me to talk all things cougs rockets in summer league former cougs in summer league uh astros baseball every day uh Texan off seasons, whatever you want at Painsworth five one two P A I N S W O R T H five one two on Twitter, Instagram, and all of your favorite social media handles. We have to talk to you back and forth as long as Twitter's around. I'm trying to see what else comes next, but as long as Twitter's around, I'll be on it. So I'll see you all there. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Locked on Cougs. It's a proud member Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs. <laughs>